in case you missed it, my book Anatomy of Abundance hit the market and it is officially an Amazon bestseller. We couldn't have done it without your help. Thank you for being here and supporting me. If you haven't picked up your copy, pick it up today. Learn how to transcend the limits of scarcity and rewrite your life's narrative, transforming it into a story of boundless prosperity and fulfillment with Anatomy of Abundance. Join renowned author Petrina Wisdom and 16 Brilliant Minds on a Transformative Journey. Discover awe-inspiring narratives and empowering strategies to attain abundance in relationships, career, health, and wealth. Every purchase breathes life into a remarkable cause, donating book proceeds to the Shine Organization. Shine Organization empowers sex trafficking survivors to break free from scarcity, fear, and past traumas, and boldly create their own unique path to abundance through entrepreneurship. Buy your copy today. You're listening to Fuck Being Stuck, the podcast where we spotlight women who've gone from managing to mastering life's challenges and the badass practitioners that are changing the way we heal. I'm Dr. Sabrina Nicole, psychologist, coach, author, and speaker. But more importantly, I'm a woman who had my own journey to mastering chronic pain. You don't need to be stuck anymore. Fuck that. Hello there. I'm so excited you're joining me today. Today's episode is all about filling one's well with joy. And today I have the privilege of having my friend, Willie Torres. Willie Torres has been a social worker for over 10 years and has worked in the diverse areas of child welfare, medical, and school social work. His goal is to help youth uncover and discover their light. He finds joy in bringing together community, and uses words of affirmation to employ a collective healing and support. He's all about discovering what fills his well with joy. And let me just add while pouring into those around him, which is a beautiful thing. (laughs) Welcome, Will. (laughs) Hey, Dr. Crouch. (laughs) I don't get to use that. I don't get to use that (laughs) title for you so much. So (laughs) Oh, gosh. Oh, boy. So social worker, but also, you know, we're individuals on our own journeys and I would love to hear about your journey around joy and all those good things. So I started out, yes, I'm a social worker and that means like many things, right? We kind of fill this space or become a bridge, right? For a lot of people with marginalized communities, helping people gain access to resources, and also there's like a therapeutic component as well with doing counseling and things of that nature. So social work is pretty broad in nature, which is why I liked it. And it's always been my calling kind of because I've always been the friend that kind of like has the resources for this or will find something or will get to the bottom of things. So it's kind of always been something that's been innate in me. And I've always been like a good listener uh, or been told that I'm a good listener and, you know, communicator and things like that. So I said, why not go into that profession and really do it for a living? Because it really is my passion. I've worked in different areas with, like you said, doing child welfare, which was, you know, it's tough work. And then transitioned to doing hospital social work in the medical field, which is very fast work. And I often found myself getting burnt out there. So that's kind of where I really 
kind of developed the whole self-care ritual and finding my joy was because I was I found myself getting burnt out a lot. And those skills of balance were like often like they never were equal. So I had to begin filling my well with joy. Yeah, it's hard when you're in the caretaking profession or field because you're always there for everybody else, but don't often slow down but enough. Who shows to take up care for you, yourself. right? Exactly. Who takes care of the caretakers? Yeah. I always say. Yeah. So it's so important that even we tune in and use all the things that we teach other people to use to manage and cope. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's important because we don't. I found myself, I had a pretty, I was a, in 2018, the end of 2018, I found myself in a really, really unique position that those close to me know that I just was burnt out. I wasn't paying attention to the signs of burnout. I wasn't paying attention to like how depleted I was. Mm-hmm. And it would show up in different areas, right? Like I would kind of feel like this numbing, this like this pinch, this gnawing at me with just always feeling tired, feeling exhausted, right? Never getting enough sleep, right? Because there's never any way to really recover from that, right? You can't make up sleep. It was just like kind of this exhaustion that I felt. And I finally found out that it was burnout. And I was in a situation where I went to the hospital because I thought I didn't know if I was having some medical condition, a heart attack or... And what I found out later was that it was like a panic attack. And it was kind of, you know, those things in our lives that are trying to get our attention. And if we don't pay attention to them, then it'll manifest itself in various ways. So that's kind of where this journey really began with me kind of getting curious about joy and about my life and how I was going to make a shift to make myself a priority. Mm-hmm. I want to thank you for, you know, sharing about, you know, your own physical, you know, symptoms that were manifested from the stress, the burnout, the anxiety, because people think because we take care of other people that we don't feel that too. Or right. and, that we have all and that definitely even culturally. Exactly. Right? Culturally, like we're taught to suppress, 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 and we don't get the chance to really know what it is to kind of see, oh, like I have a wide range of emotions. Like I don't always have to be happy or I don't always have to look in control of things, right? Like I can be angry, I can be sad, I can be fearful, you know, especially being a man in like Puerto Rican culture, Latino culture, you know, you don't show those things. So, and nobody teaches you, right? It's things that are like swept under the rug. We don't talk about anxiety, depression, panic attacks, you know? So, it, it took a lot of breaking down a lot of stigmas for me to kind of confront myself with those things. I'm a big proponent of therapy. I think therapy is important. I think we need to have a space where, where someone holds space for us, you know, and therapy can be that kind of tool that we use because while we think that, you know, we can talk to friends, talk to family, yeah, we can talk to them, you know, and they definitely are great supports. But we kind of need a space where we don't feel judged in things, you know? So I feel like therapy really is important. Yeah, I think that is important, too. And how important do you think is representation? Because, you know, historically, 
the percentage of people of color that are in the role of therapists is very low. Yeah, definitely. I think we need black therapists. <laughs> we need we need black therapists, we need brown therapists, we need we need to see ourselves in the people who we're talking to. Cause I don't want to have to explain certain things to you. Mm. You know, I don't want to have to find myself, you know, educating this during the session the whole time. So it's, it is important to find someone who's a good match for you. You know, therapists are people. So not everybody we're going to um, vibe with, you know, mm-hmm. so we can't give up after the first time. It took me several times to find a therapist to find someone who was a good match. And the person that I find now that I found now, I've been in sessions with him for about, I want to say about like five years now, oh, four wow. or five years. So okay. yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he's I think a, it's he's important really to view therapist. it as um, it's a, it's a process, you know, it's not a one therapy is not a one-time event. It's not a one shot deal. You can't go in, get fixed, leave, be okay. You have to be yeah, willing to definitely. put in the time and, and go through the process. And I'm sure that process involves many things. Sometimes it's laughter. Sometimes it's tears. Sometimes it's just silence because you don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. But be, being willing to to sit through that. And being okay with it. You know, being okay mm-hmm. with being vulnerable. You know, sometimes that's so hard because we wear so much armor, especially living in New York, right? New York City here. Like you kind of have your defenses up which I see in a lot of work that I do with the children I see even is, you know, you have to like peel back those layers and get them to kind of like see that, you know, that there's a light inside. And I had to see that for myself because it's like, you know, you get on autopilot and you're just doing things and in the routine of things and the habit of things. But I found that I wasn't like taking the time to be present in the moment, you know, to really take in everything that was happening. Yeah. And I know you do a lot of other things, you know, like you have these layers of this self-care routine. And so you do the therapy, but you also are the person that meditates and writes these beautiful affirmations that in my mind, you send only to me every morning, but I know you send it to all your (laughs) friends and impart these words of wisdom. And they bring me so much joy. So talk about that ritual that you have. Yeah, sure. So this has to do back with the, the event that happened at the end of 2018. I found myself in like a really bad slump and I felt like I, it was like a rock bottom moment where I had to like dig my way out and like peel those layers back. It was tough. I was anxious. I was kind of experiencing symptoms of depression and like it was a whole ray of emotions kind of like balled into one. And I found myself having something we don't talk about is like even like suicidal thoughts, like not wanting to be here anymore, not wanting to deal with pain, not wanting to, I kind of wanted to slow down what was happening in my mind. It felt like I had a, like a browser, like too many browsers open, Mm -hmm. you know, with too many tabs. Mm -hmm. So I had to like stop. And I feel like that was the universe's way of saying like, you know, slow down, like you have Mm -hmm. to slow down and you have to really pay attention. So from that moment, I with I was already in therapy. So, you know, I reached out to my therapist right away, talked to him, and he really was instrumental in helping me a lot. My parents, my all the supports that I needed, right? Partner, friends, like they really showed up for me during this mm-hmm. time. And 
I saw a thing that that Bell Hooks wrote that was saying something that um, healing doesn't happen like in isolation. It happens in community mm-hmm. and in communion. And and we we need people. You know, we're not an island. So it was during this time that I had to like really rely on people to kind of care for me, to love on me. You know, during that time, I had to explore. I got into meditation. I went to the doctor. The doctor was like, you need to meditate. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I know all the tools. I'm a social worker. Like, I know how to do all this. But I actually, um, she had given me some information to this. It's like a meditation center in the city. And I went to one up in Harlem and they were meeting weekly. And let me tell you, that helped me. It was invaluable. Like all the things that I've learned with just like stopping, pausing, um, reframing things. You know, I think that's a big thing, reframing. We often look at things in a scarcity mindset mm-hmm. and I had to really shift to abundance. So those affirmations and all of that came because, you know, I was kind of silent in the beginning of the journey. And then once I started talking to people, like more friends and more family about what was going on with me, I saw that there was connection there. Like I wasn't the only one who felt this way. And that kind of normalized it for me and seeing that it's not just me. You know, we all go through different things. We all have peaks and valleys in our lives and it's okay. Like we don't have to hold it together. And I think once I started realizing that, I was like, you know what? Maybe if I start writing these kind of like affirmations, inspirations, I always talk to myself first. So I meditate every morning. It's just a routine is big for me, especially during that time. I really needed to develop a routine because if not, then I would have like been in a really bad slump, you know? And that's often like I've had like clients who've had like depression or things like that. And you know, haven't been able to like take a shower or even like, you know, brush their teeth, things like that. So it's important to really develop a routine. And part of that routine for me was meditation. And after meditation, I would sit there and I would sometimes pray, or I would just like come up with these kind of affirmations of what I needed to hear mm-hmm. that morning. Like, What did I need to tell myself? And then I started sharing that with my really close friends and family, and I would text them. And at first, everybody's like, oh, like, this is cool, you know. And then I had some friends that, you know, they they weren't there yet, you know. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you know what, I'm going to send to whoever wants to receive it. So I let them know. And, and so many people have really been touched by those words. And I I feel like because they're so personal to me, you know, because it's I'm really speaking to myself and the fact that I can share that with other people and it be received so well has been phenomenal to me. Just to know that, you know, the impact that I can have on people and we can all discover, you know, that light within ourselves and let it kind of shine. The modern world bombards our brains with an overwhelming amount of inputs and stressors. Our brains are struggling to adapt. A lack of brain balance means many of us are anxious, looking for energy in the wrong places, and struggling to get a good night's sleep. The solution is BrainTap. BrainTap combines a variety of proven methods that restore balance to your brain for optimal performance of mind and body. This technology communicates directly with your brain so you don't have to do anything. Simply sit back, 
relax, and push play. Central to BrainTap technology is the concept of brainwave entrainment. The brain will naturally synchronize with external rhythms. And several modalities are used to accomplish this, including binaural beats, isochronic tones, guided visualization, 10-cycle holographic music, and with the BrainTap headset, you'll have the added benefit of light frequencies. The overall benefits of BrainTap include improved clarity, improved quality of sleep, and more energy. Start your brain fitness journey today with a 14-day free trial. Click on the link in the show notes. Sure. That is so beautiful. First of all, I didn't know they had a meditation center in Harlem, so let's just go back to that. I think that's (laughs) fabulous. So what does your meditation look like? Is it a guided meditation? Is it just you listening to music? Like, What does it involve? What's your process look like? So it depends. For the most part, I do do guided meditations. At the center where I was at, it was actually, it was called the Kadampa Center. And they have like different branches everywhere. But I went to the branch that they had in Harlem. You know, they would do like teachings and they made them kind of general. They were like Buddhist teachings, but they they kind of apply to everything because it's just, you know, you kind of eat the meat and throw away the bones. So you take what you can use. Mm -hmm. And that meditation it wasn't so guided. And I found that I needed like a little more structure on my own, especially when I was doing it at home. So I do do guided meditations or sometimes I'll listen to like nature sounds. Mm. Like I think that's a big one. I love going, when I go on vacation, like I love really taking in like what's around me. So I let that kind of like those sounds even, it's really like finding the gift in everything around you. Mm-hmm. You know, because I've been able to medita- meditate even on the train, you know, and, sure. you know, that that's like really chaotic. <laughs> so, you know, but but when you're present with yourself, you know, it allows you to give a space for like healing, you know. So I found that to be like very important. And the meditations, sometimes it depends. Sometimes I can do like up to an hour. Sometimes I can do up to five minutes. You know, it it really depends. And I don't beat myself up or shame myself for not being able to, if my mind is like going all over the place during a meditation, like I'm not beating myself up for that. Like I'm saying, okay, maybe I'll try again later, you know, and give myself space to do it. Yeah. I think that's the beauty of meditation is that it can look so different for different people. You know, Mm -hmm. you can do it sitting, standing, walking. You know, it could be anything. You could do it while you're eating. Like you said, on the train, you can find a space to tap in and then focus, even if it's just on the movement of the train or some, you know, different aspects of your surroundings. And the whole idea of giving yourself grace, I think that's why most people don't start meditating because they feel like they have to, like, stop their thoughts. You know, like, those are the myths. You can never stop your thoughts. You just need to acknowledge them and then gently go back, you know. And each attempt right. is a victory. That's what I learned. Each attempt was a victory. So that took the pressure off a lot for me once I realized that. Yeah, just like being, just showing up, you know, for yourself and having the intention to say, like, you know, I'm taking the time for me. And we don't often do that. So it's important to like carve out those, those spaces for us. Yeah. And like you said, it could just start with five minutes. It doesn't have to be, you know, an hour long. Yeah, or it could be meditation. like even like 10 deep breaths, you know? You, you're sitting down taking 10 deep breaths, you know? It's very simple. 
and that looks different for everybody, you know? And I know that when I went to the center, you know, it was a group of people. So it was actually nice that, you know, like people were like in fellowship with everybody kind of meditating Mm -hmm. and that felt really powerful. And then we would like converse after and we would talk about the experience. And, you know, some people, they were able to like really, really hone in. I remember there were times where I fell asleep during meditation, you know, so the experience is different for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I've been there many times, boy. Oh, boy, because I followed a meditation. So Dr. Joe Dispenza, and he talks about kind of like you're supposed to hover between the state of wakefulness and sleep. I'd be going all the way down to the sleep realm plenty of times. <laughs> but, <laughs> and it feels good, though. You know, it feels good to be in that space where you feel so relaxed that your body is telling you, OK, you know what? You're in a safe space. You're calm. And you can knock out. <laughs> I've been knocked out. I think I've that's what scoring. it is. I think, I think that's the important part. We have to create like safe spaces for ourselves. Yeah, and I guess and it is a safe has space. Allow me to do that. Yeah, I think you, you have to feel safe to fall asleep during a meditation in a room full of people. Yes, yeah, so I guess. <laughs> uh, I guess that's right because I've been sleep snoring to a point where my meditation partner was nudging me. She was like, you're snoring. I was like, I know, I hear myself because I was hovering, you know, <laughs> but I was hearing myself snore. I was like, oh, gosh, I got to stop. It was not working. Right. And that's when I would have said, mind your business. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, so let's talk about more about the importance of community and, and communion because I think that's everything. Because yeah. like you said, there's a lot of things that often are not talked about in our communities, you know, historically, you know, nobody's talking about the painful stuff, you know, from slavery or, you know, traumas during childhood. Nobody's talking about those things. And I feel like, I know we had this discussion when we were on vacation that, you know, sometimes depending like our proximity to things, you know, sometimes it's too close to talk about, or, you know, the pain is too much, And we can't expect people to talk about those things and not give them the tools, you know, Mm -hmm. not show them, you know, how they can heal, right? Because it's one thing for someone to like share their story, but if they have no healing, Mm. then like, what's the point of like sharing my story? You know, Mm -hmm. if all I'm doing is just kind of like holding it still, Mm -hmm. you know? So we have to teach people like how to release those things, the trauma, the, you know, the pressure of perfectionism, like all of those things that we hold, Mm -hmm. you know, we have to really just kind of like release those things. And, you know, I mean, and people and therapy isn't always everything, right. You know, like even from like our ancestors, like they use things like dance, you know, movement Mm -hmm. in the body, you know, all of those things are so important with releasing. Yeah. So it's like, there are many modalities, right. And many modes to healing, we just have mm-hmm. to find one that works for us. And yeah. when I was like during that time, I was like all over the place. I was in, I was going to meditation. I was doing Reiki healing. I was going to church. I was, I was tapping into everything to kind of see, like explore, get curious about like, what is my healing going to look like? And what, what is going to work for me? And not really judge it. You know, sometimes we judge it, especially if we grew up in like, a very like religious household or, you know, we can put a lot of pressure on ourselves and we often shame ourselves. And, 
you know, healing really doesn't come from shame, right? Like shame has never brought any healing to anybody. So we have to give ourselves the grace that you said and, you know, compassion, kindness, you know, and then kind of offer that to those around us and say, you know, like, it's okay to be kind to people. You know, in New York, we're the, you know, we're, we're very hard. <laughs> and we build a shell sometimes of ourselves. And sometimes it's just a shell that's just functioning where we have to like really tap into the person in there, you know, the spirituality of it all. Yeah. I mean, I love what you said about the curiosity, because I think that that's the key to finding true healing is to get curious and kind of get outside the box of what we think we should do to heal. Oh, well, this one goes to church, so I'm going to do that. Well, that may not work for you. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Or you may have to do that and all these other things as well. Right. Yeah. And right. In tandem, right? You may need medication, right? And that's right. okay too. You know, sometimes people need it, whether it's for either a temporary time or long term, you know. You know, people will discuss that like with their physician and what that looks like. But sometimes people need it. Mm -hmm. For me, I felt like I didn't need it because I felt like I tried it and I didn't like the way it made me feel. And I was like, I know how I I know who I am as far as like the essence of who I am without those things. And I'm like, I really feel like I can manage through these things with certain tools and certain skills. And like my family, my partner, my therapist, like they were all really helpful in helping me explore those tools as well. So yeah, it's important to just get curious about what's going to fill your well with joy. Because we all deserve joy. We're all worthy of joy just for being who we are. You know, just for being here right now in this moment, yeah, we deserve joy. We deserve happiness. So we have to create that for ourselves. Sometimes life circumstances, sometimes family even, you know, they'll take that shit from us. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, so yeah. like you said, fuck being stuck. Like we ain't going to be stuck. We have to keep pushing through, keep maneuvering. Yeah. And it looks yeah. like, like I said, it looks like different things. Yeah, and I think it's important, like, if you don't feel like you have those supports, like, from family and friends, you need to go find you some a new community. Yeah, you know? Cre create so I, community, create exactly. family. You know, have a chosen family. You know, that, that happens all the time. People choose those people who are going to see the light in them. And people, you know, family be family sometimes be like, oh, you acting funny or why you acting shifty? But mm -hmm. no, it's just like you can't rock with me the way I need you to right now, you know? Exactly. And sometimes people hold us in a space where like they're holding on to like our past selves, mm -hmm. you know? And we're allowed yeah. to evolve. We're allowed to grow. You're allowed to change. You're allowed to switch it up. You know, exactly. who says you have to stay one way forever? We don't have to. We're We're so abundant and we're so whole, you know, like there are many facets of who we are. We're not these monolithic creatures. So you're allowed to explore. You're allowed to see like, okay, I like doing this. Let me try this for a little bit. See if it works. Like nobody says you have to be this cookie cutter image of like, you know, staying at the same job for like 50 years and then, you know, retiring and then only getting like a good five years left after you know how many people do that yeah like and they don't seek the joy and where they are in the present moment so i think all of that 
has helped me to say, how am I going to find or create joy for myself right now in this moment? I don't want to wait till I retire. I don't want to wait. You know, I want to see it right now. And it's important that we see it right now. There's so many things happen. Like we survived the pandemic, you know, like we, we survived some shit. Okay. <laughs> so even people dying, waking up, going to the grocery store, like, you know, there's so many things you never know. So mm-hmm. I implore people to seek what it is that's going to make them happy. And that starts with you. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I think also, you know, the idea of kind of getting outside of our own comfort zone and not feeling like we have to operate within the comfort zone of those that love us and know us, you know, they're like, oh, no, don't do that, you know, and don't get caught up in other people's fears and just be willing to be curious about life and have fun with it and try something different. When I first started meditating, (laughs) most of the people close to me were like, what is that? Like, what is she doing? (laughs) Um, But now they're like, oh, yeah, she's doing her thing, you know, like. Now they ease yeah. into it and realize that it, it's okay. I'm not in a cult and I'm, you know, like, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> and I'm actually doing a lot better in terms of, you know, my chronic pain and my healing. It all came from that. And they're like, okay, now I get it. But initially, you and know, you needed it, was, that, it was you know? unfamiliar to people. So, you know, they were uncomfortable, but I, w- I couldn't operate off their discomfort. And you know what I will find, I want to say too, Sabrina, is that people are also sometimes scared to be with themselves, Mm. right? And people are, sometimes like that can be a scary space, especially if you're so disconnected from yourself, you know? If you've, sometimes some people have never even felt a connection with themselves. So you have to really tap in and explore And that's why I say it's like meditation is kind of creating a safe space for yourself. And it can feel like a little scary sometimes. I think for me in the beginning, it was a little tough because it's just like, oh, I'm sitting with myself and sitting with these thoughts and sitting with, you know, because we distract ourselves so much. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's important to kind of like find your way back to yourself so that way you can have that connection with yourself because that connection is what's going to sustain you throughout this life. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You know, like when I first started to meditate, I was like, I don't know. I don't think I did anything. I didn't made a grocery list. I, I didn't read hash conversations in my head, anything but relax. But once I finally <laughs> started to have like a moment where I felt my body like relax and everything kind of go limp, I was like, oh, I'm onto something. And then that made me want to yeah. go in again and try it again and try it again. Yeah, so it was important to just go through the process. Right. How often are we sitting here not even realizing that our like fists are like clenched, you know, our jaws are like, you know, we're like ready for war here mm-hmm. or bracing for an impact of some sort and not even realizing it. You know? So yeah. that's why that's why meditation was important for me because I was checking in, doing some body scans and saying, like, mm-hmm. okay. Like, you can relax, Willie. Like, you're not about to, like, fight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I think the most simple definition for meditation that I heard was to become familiar with. And it really is all about becoming familiar with yourself and your internal world, you know? Being able to tap into your breath and use that to regulate your heartbeat and, you know, and settle your, your body down. And then in turn, your mind will start to slow down. Yeah. I mean, it definitely does. 
it changes. Like it changes for me. It changed my whole attitude towards things. Like I knew I felt like I was able to have so much more gratitude Mm -hmm. towards things, not take things for granted. Yeah. It allows you to like tap and really explore those spaces in your mind where, you know, sometimes we feel like there are dark corners there, but you know, it's all part of us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We don't have to be scared of ourselves. Yeah. Any other tools you use? I found that. So I really like spin class. Oh, that's movement. Yeah. So before the pandemic, I was going to the gym, going to spin class. And I found that it was just like really helpful. It was a good way to get the energy out. You know, some of that like really tension. You know, as a social worker, I hear people's stories and I carry those things. I hold space for them and carry those things. And I found that spin class was a great way to kind of release that, release that energy if I had a tough day. Now that we're on break, I've been going in the mornings and it's been a good way to kind of start the day as well. Mm-hmm. It's just, I would have never thought, like I have friends that are like, I don't know how you do it. Like, I can't even do like five minutes on the bike. <laughs> but I'm sitting there for an hour, you know, and I'm a big dude and I'm sitting there during these on spin classes and like really just giving it my all. But, you know, some people do that. So I started reconnecting with that recently within the last two months because the pandemic happened. So a lot of things has shifted and stopped Mm -hmm. and slowed down. So, and I was thinking about like, I'm having all this unstructured time, right? Cause we're on break. Mm -hmm. So I was like, let me, let me get back and like, see, if I can like find a spin class somewhere. And then I started going again and been it's been more routine now. So that's been like really, really helpful in like kind of filling my well. It's intentional, right? I'm setting mm-hmm. time for myself, I'm exercising. So that's been helpful. Even getting massages, like that's another thing that I've done that has been very helpful. Massages, I've done acupuncture as well. Yeah, that has helped because I hold a lot of tension and stress, like in kind of like my shoulders and my neck. So I'll feel it, right? Mm -hmm. And I'll feel like my shoulders are to my ears. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, well, it's time to be more intentional with your self-care. So sometimes I'll do the massages, reconnecting with friends and family. That's been like always helpful, just surrounding myself with solid people who... Like I can have a good time with. I feel like that's so important to me. Just having great friends. I really value and I cherish my friendships and my family. Those are like really um, strong values that I have that fill my well. Because, you know, like I said before, like we're we're not an island, you know. We don't navigate this world just by ourselves. Yeah, and I think we have the benefit of having the flexibility during the summer to reconnect and travel and make new memories with friends and family. Yeah. So that's always good. And even just taking time for myself and saying like, okay, I'm just going to relax today. Mm -hmm. or I'm going to like binge watch something, you know, and giving my space to do that, you know, to do absolutely nothing. Exactly. Yeah. We don't give ourselves enough space to do nothing, like nothing in particular. Yeah. Yeah. And I always found myself always on the go. And that was another thing where I had to like meditation helped me kind of like slow down and say, like, you don't always have to be on the go. You can sit down. 
Mm-hmm. And sometimes like our bodies are telling us that sometimes our minds are telling, you know, sometimes we just need the break, the mental break and the physical break from everything mm-hmm. around us. So that's okay. It's okay to distract yourself. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> Y'all better get you some yeah, joy. Definitely. If you didn't learn some things from Will, you better listen again. <laughs> yeah. And so going back to like the affirmations, so I was sending them through text message to close friends and family. So then I um, made an Instagram page. And I was like, you know what, let me kind of share this with the world and kind of see, you know, just put it out there to the universe. And and I have like friends share it with other friends. And, you know, so it's like people can all see. So that's something that I've been definitely happy. Yeah, if you could share that link with do. everyone. Had a, um, yeah, so on, it's on Instagram. Yeah, it's on Instagram. And the affirmations are under the IG handle Friends of Willie. And I did that because, you know, I'm like, yo, like everybody's kind of like my friend. And so it's like building community, you know? So, yeah. All right. Thank you so much for sharing that information. All right, friends, that's it for today's episode. Please subscribe to the show, write us a review, and share this episode with a friend. Thanks so much for tuning into Fuck Being Stuck, the podcast. Be sure to check out the show's notes for this episode on www.drsabrinanicole.com and follow us on social media. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. We'll be back next week with more. See you then.